let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Well, Father God, we just thank you for this morning. Lord God, we just thank you for this church, for this place that we can come, Lord, and worship you, Lord. We just declare this morning, Lord, that we love you, Lord. And Lord God, we long to be a people that is madly in love with you, Lord. We set our hearts on you this morning. We set our hearts on you and our eyes on you, Lord. And we ask you to come and have your way in us, Lord. We long for you, Lord. Father God, have your way in this church, Lord. We pray over this deacon nomination, Lord. Yes. And we pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come. Yes, and that your will would be done, Lord. Yes, that the, the men that you have, Lord, to be the deacons at this time, Lord, that it would be, Lord. Yes, that's right. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done, Lord. And Father God, we declare this morning that we love you and that we trust you, Lord, and we put our hope in you this morning, Lord. Have your way, Lord, in each person's life this morning, Lord. Yes. Lord God, we just pray for open hearts. Lord God, that we would just receive what you have for us this morning, Lord. Speak through Pastor Paul, Lord. Have your way, Lord. We submit ourselves to you, yes. Lord. Have your way, Lord. Come we Spirit. long for you, Lord, and we desire you, Lord. We want you, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Yes. We surrender this morning, yes. Lord. Have your way, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? All the time. Say this with me. Say 815. 1030. Starting next week. Get in here. Fill these seats. Let's get this thing off the ground. 815. 1030. 815. 1030. Nothing's changing except we're just adding another little hour just before everything else. Okay, nobody needs to get excited. I mean, go ahead and get excited, but nobody needs to get confused or dazed or upset. We're just adding a little thing beforehand so that we can reach more people. Amen? Amen. 815? 1030. All right. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Get the word out. Say something. Do something. Amen. Let's do something, church. Come on. Hallelujah. I feel good. I knew that I would now. God is so good. Can you, uh, never mind. There we go. God is so good. All the time. Raise your hands, all you nations. Shout to God, all creation. How awesome is the Lord most high. We come in here and we come in here with stuff. And I need to ask you right now, get with God right now and lay that stuff down. Get your hearts ready to receive. Doesn't matter if I preach the same thing every week. If it's coming from God's word, you should receive. God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it can separate in you what nothing else can separate. God's word can do a work in you today. If you will turn your receivers on and tune it in to God's word. 
Claiming God's love. We've been talking about this now. This is our third week. Claiming God's love. We have heard sermons. I've heard sermons my whole life about God's love. How big it is. How it's universal. How God is love. We've all heard that. But has it ever become personal? It's time to get personal. People say, don't get personal with me. God says, no, that's the only thing I know to do is to get personal with you. That's all I can do is get personal with you. Get personal with me, God says to you. Get personal with me. How do we make God's love personal to us? We've looked at love masks. We looked two weeks ago at masks that that pose as love. Whether it's physical affection or whether it's performance or achievement or whether it's through people. And these things do gain responses, but they don't last. They are temporary because man's love can't last. It is only temporary. God's love is eternal. You're finally going to run out of that physical affection or that next high. You're finally going to run out of your son making the honor roll or hitting a home run or your daughter making the honor roll and you living on that high. That's going to that's end. But God's love never ends. What God is trying to do in your life right now is just the beginning, and it will never end. There's no end to God. It's a big concept. There's no end. We looked last week at one of the names of God that God gave us, and it's Jehovah Roi. I am the Lord, your shepherd. I am the Lord, your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not have any wants. As long as I've got the Lord being my shepherd and looking over me, I shouldn't have any wants. I shouldn't need water. I shouldn't need food. I shouldn't need provision. He's going to provide it for me. I just get to walk around in grace. I don't have to worry about Wiley Coyote sneaking up on me. I've got a shepherd. That sounds silly, but I've got a shepherd. These things that I'm worried about, I really don't need to be worrying about them. If I realize who God is in my life, it doesn't mean there's not challenges that come. But either I've got a shepherd or I don't. Either I've got a shepherd or I don't. Did you know that if you go and study sheep, and I talk talk to you all about this, how dumb sheep are, and I'll get to that. Um, But if you go, I've heard stories in Jerusalem and in other areas that they herd sheep, that they tend to sheep. And there can be this huge group of sheep, many different herds. But when the shepherd makes his call, his sheep respond. Out of all these hundreds of sheep, the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. We need to know the voice of the shepherd. How do you get to know God's voice? Right here. He has given it to us in black and white. I can take something that someone says over me or says on TV or says in a movie and does it line up with God's word? If it doesn't, it is not his voice. God's word will line up with his word. That's deep, isn't it? But sometimes we hear voices. God's telling me to leave my wife and to marry this other woman. That's not God. And you'd laugh at that. But I've heard it out of people's mouths before. God's telling me to leave my family and to go do this. No, he's not. 
No. God's word. Let's go line it up with God's word. Sometimes it's hard to take. Sometimes it's so clear you think there's no way you've missed it. But Satan is a deceiver. And the moment you think you can't be deceived, he's got you. You're hooked. Church, we can all be deceived. God is our shepherd. When we get our arms around God's love, and we know that it's personal, and he knows that it's got my name written on it, when I can realize that, I can live a life with no wants. Last week we looked. How do we live with no wants? Because God knows me, and he still loves me. I don't, I don't know that you can grasp this. In fact, I even come back to it, and I realize, God, you know who I am, and you know what my tendencies are, and you know what my thoughts are, and you know, you know who I am, yet you still love me. You know what? You may not even know God. You may have never given your heart to God. You may have never stepped, your, stepped foot in a church. This may be your first taste of God. Well, I want you to know something. He loves you just like you walked in here. And he can't love you anymore. He loves me before I was saved. And he loves me as as a Christian. He loved me before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he loved me after. Not anymore. He died for me before I ever gave my heart to him. Those of you that you haven't sold out to God yet, God still loves you. God still loves you. I got a message for you today. I can have no wants because God knows me and he still loves me. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. He knows me. Again, the Bible refers to sheep a lot. Do you remember? I talked about how dumb sheep are. It said they have knees, but they won't bend them. They run straight-legged. Then Randy Pigman ran me down. And he said, I had a sheep that did bend his knees. He said he could run so fast, I couldn't keep up with him. Have you ever noticed Randy Pigman is either running after animals or he's running from animals? There you are. I don't know if you're here yet. He's either running after a sheep or he's running from the bulls at Pamplona. You should see him out on the baseball field. You can be a third base coach, but he ain't listening to you. He's running. And I'm telling you, he's so fast, it's, it's funny. You don't look funny, but you're fast, and that's funny. He's fast. I want to go fast. Who wants to go fast? I want to go fast. Some of y'all will get that. I'm not going to go any further. But the reason Jesus and God refers to us as sheep is because sheep are so easily distracted. They're so e- they're, it's easy for them to lose focus and to get off the beaten path. The question maybe you're asking is, how do I know God knows me? How do I know God knows that I exist, that he cares about my problems, and that they're not too pity or petty pity, that they're too petty for him? Nothing is too petty for God. Matthew 10, verse 30. says, God even knows how many hairs are on your head. 
Nobody wants to laugh at that. Oh, I'm not. Joyce, that was cold. I'm not going to look up. I, I make eye contact with. I started letting my hair grow out because I started losing it back here. I thought I'm going to have to do something. Better let it grow out and cover this up back here. It's not good. Getting old is uh, is something, isn't it? We'll leave it at that. God even knows how many hairs are on your head. Psalm 145 verse 17 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. Did he make us all whether we're saved or not? He loves the sinner. In fact, he sent his son for the sinner. Not for the righteous, for the sinner. Easter coming up is for the sinner. Jesus died on the cross for the sinner. That, that, just, that just speaks to me. I hope you'll allow God to speak to you this morning. He is loving toward all he has made. Let's focus on this word, all. Say all. That includes everyone. God knows me and still loves me. His love is unconditional. We have conditions. God doesn't. God is loving toward all he has made. Scripture says God is love. He can do nothing but love. He is love. His love for us is not based on how we respond to it. His love for us is not based on our response. It can't be based on man. Because we'll mess up. It's based on him. God is love. It's unconditional. No strings attached. The big idea is that God would love us as if there was only one of us to love. Someone say, how can he do that with so many people? We often put God into our finite thinking and our finite expectations, and we put that on an infinite or an infinite God. The Bible says in Romans 11, Yes, God's riches are very great, and His wisdom and knowledge have no end. No one can explain the things God decides or understands His ways. The Bible teaches us that it is his, the, the leisure of His heart to feel for each of us and to love us. When God is loving me right now, he doesn't stop loving you. That's the way it works. And let's just give you an example. Like this morning, um, we had um, six or so people baptized. Pete had the video camera. It, of course, shut off right as Sarah Beth was coming out, and he couldn't figure out how to get it turned on. And Elizabeth's back here, so so be it. You know, it's okay. Stuff happens. Um, and he's my most electronic-minded one in the family besides me. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't going to say it, but it was being, uh, um, yeah, Elizabeth said, including me. I wasn't going to say that, but since she said it, okay. But his focus was on Sarah Beth, right? When my kids have a, a, a recital, a piano recital, or when a dance recital, my kids dance, my kids play piano, or if I go to one of Pete's games, I'm focusing in on Pete. If I go to recital, normally my kids dance in separate times. I focus in on my girl. And then my next girl comes, I focus in on her. Then my little girl comes, and I focus in on her. God is capable of doing the same thing at the same time. He can take his video camera and hone right in on you. 
and at the same time, go right in on little Trey right there. All at the same time. Quit trying to figure it out. You can't. My kids can't figure me out. They don't know what I'm thinking. They don't know that my best interest is, I have their best interest at heart. They don't need to figure it out. They just need to let me shepherd over them. I let Ruth Ann run out to the car to get her DS at, at a restaurant last night. She couldn't have cared less whether cars were coming. Why? Because Daddy was standing there. Daddy's got it. Daddy's got it. You know, we come in here. Maybe you're a seeker. You hear those kids screaming, I just love that. I do it every week. I keep thinking, one of these days, Paul, you're going to get over that and just move on. I can't do it. I want to I want to get excited. But there are seekers in here that's trying to figure out this God thing. You come into this church. Man, I've heard all this about church. I've lived church. It's been it's been rough. We met met a guy last night that said my dad was a pastor, and it's all falling apart, and my, my family's falling apart, and I need to get back in church again. Church, sometimes you get hurt in church. And then you come back in here and you're thinking, I'm going to give this thing another shot. Let's look around, see how things are going. You think you can come into a crowd like this and hide. Sometimes the bigger the church, the more you can hide, maybe not even be noticed. You can hide in a crowd, but you can't hide from God. You may be seeking Him out, but let me tell you something. He's seeking you out. He knew you were coming today. And hey, he had you in mind today. He had me in mind. He had you in mind. He's relentlessly seeking you out. First Peter chapter 5 says, Let him have all your worries and cares. For he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Maybe you say, so what? What's the big deal with that? The so what is freedom. There is freedom when you can let your worries and your cares go. Let somebody else handle them. Quit worrying about them. Scripture tells us that worrying doesn't do any good. In fact, it works against your body. It works against your relationships. The problem is, God is not your shepherd. He is your shepherd, but you haven't received Him as your shepherd. God, you're in control. You're in control. You don't have to put up the masks. God loves you. He knows you. He knows your pain. He knows your past. He knows your sin. The so what is drop the masks. Quit playing the game. Quit relying on them for love. They dry up, but God doesn't. So God knows me and he still loves me. How can we live a life with no wants, knowing that God knows me and he still loves me, and knowing that God protects me? God also protects me. It says in Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There is something about a father that disciplines his children in love. It may hurt for a moment, but it fills something in a child's heart that can't be filled any other way. That is love. Did you know that Scripture says that a father that doesn't discipline his child hates his child? 
Can you then do the opposite? If a father disciplines his child, he loves his child. I think you can because Scripture says that God corrects those that he loves. There is something about knowing that there is an authority over you. And that authority can handle anything that comes his way. Doesn't matter if a bear comes, doesn't matter if a lion comes, doesn't matter if a recession comes, doesn't matter if the end of the world comes or a bomb gets dropped. There is a shepherd that can handle it. We can't handle it. Can I just tell you, I can't handle it. But my shepherd can. There is, there is real freedom in this if you can grab hold of this. If I'm a child of God, the big idea here with this that is consistent with Scripture is God is in control. You may be spinning out of control right now, but I want you to know God is in control. If I'm a child of God, I have nothing to worry about. Some of you are here and are saying, I'm about to sink. I'm in despair or deep trouble, deep stress, deep problems, deep finances. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. We figured she was rich, loaded to the hilt. We figured she had class like the Vanderbilts. Because we had heard for years how she was so well reared. How were we to know that meant the way that she was built? You know, back in the day, we didn't have cable. We had to watch Yeehaw. <laughs> there was no other option on Saturday. And as much as you hated it, what else was on wasn't worth watching. It was news or, you know. So I grew up on that. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Oh, You know, it's how we feel. Woe is me. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Make your issues known to him and let him have them. Let him have them. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. People may say I'm crazy. I'm going to rejoice anyway. I had I talked with one of my kids yesterday. It's just wanting to, summer break, spring break is over and wanting to get sad again. No, you have to decide to get out of bed. You have to decide that this day is going to be a good day. If you don't, it will get you. Nobody's asking you whether you feel like it or not. God's word says, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. As I said a few weeks ago, God wants to give you his power to get you out of situations to help you in your life. God wants to protect us. And I'll close here. Psalm 40 verse 11 says, My only hope is your love. 
it's my only hope. When it all boils down, everything that's going on, my only hope is your love. It's the only thing I've got going for me. It then continues to say, for my problems are too big for me to solve and are piled over my head. Can you relate? Can you relate? God wants to protect us so that we would have no wants. Have you ever pulled up next to a car where there's a child sitting in their car seat in the back, got daddy in the front driving their car, and the kid starts making faces at you? Starts making gestures at you like, starts picking his nose. And you know why? Because daddy's in the front seat. And I don't care if that daddy's 150 pounds dripping wet. And you may be 250 completely buffed out. He thinks his daddy's as big as they come. Nothing can, t- can take my daddy. My daddy can whip your daddy. You remove daddy from the picture, he's not the same kid. I had a child in baseball a few years ago, and his dad was an assistant coach with me, and I tried to move him. He played shortstop, and as a coach, you know, you move players around. You'll scoot them over. A kid likes to pull a ball or, or a kid likes to hit one to right field, and you kind of move them around. Well, the kid wouldn't move. I'm like, dude, scoot over a little bit. And he'd just look at his dad. I'm like, am I talking to you or am I talking to your dad? I guess I need to talk to your dad. I want to scoot him over. Okay, scoot over. He scooted right over. And finally went up to the dad and the kid. i got to be able to make some changes if I want to make them. I don't want to be dealing through the dad. You know, the good thing is there is no way to deal through your daddy if you put him in the right spot. It has to go through him. When you put God as your shepherd, when you allow God to fulfill his purpose in your life and he, him take rule and reign over your life, it has to go through him. There is no penetrating through the protection of God. Where where are you? God's rod and his staff. There is no penetrating through that. Now maybe you've got some things you've got to walk through, but God's in control and he's able to make all things work for good for those that love him. But we have got to allow God to be our shepherd. God says, Paul, when you put me in the driver's seat of your life, you can live with confidence. You can know that I'm going to protect you. You can know that I'm on your side. You can know that I'm in front of you. You can know that I'm on top of what you're going through. Deuteronomy 33 says, God is your refuge, and underneath you are his everlasting arms. God is protecting us in the midst of our cruising around in our life. And what we do, and even today with me on stage, even if I bomb, even if I say some, say the wrong thing and you don't like me, I can count on God's protection. Romans eight thirty nine says, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate me, will be able to separate you, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is no separating us. I think we sang that. Nothing can separate. I can't remember the rest of the words. Your love never fails. Nothing can separate. Even if I hesitate. No. Ran away. Hesitate. 
Even if I run away, even if I run away, God's love never fails. God's love never fails. Even though he knows you, he still loves you, and God protects us. We'll pick it up right here next week. Can we pray together? If you are here today as a